Give us another great message, Pastor Louie. God bless you. Yeah. Hey, so do you ever wonder, before you go somewhere to eat, what's on the menu? Always. Always. Like, you know, if you've been there a lot, you know what's there. But if you haven't, you want to know what's on the menu. Because if it's something you're not going to like, you're not going to want to eat it. And uh, you're not alone. Toast Tab is a research firm that does research for a thing called Open Table. I don't know if you've ever made a reservation on your phone. You can go to Open Table and make reservations uh, at restaurants all over. 97% of the people say that they look at the menu online. I know everything at Sonny's, but I still look at the menu. <laughs> See how much the prices have gone up. Yeah. Restaurant Dive says 77% of the people look at the menu before they go. So, you know, and if you think about it, when you drive up in McDonald's, what do they got right there? They got a menu. You can choose from one through eight or whatever it is, and you can uh, see what's on the menu. Now, I'm going to be talking today about captivity, the exodus out, the desert, and the promised land. And if you're in any one of these places in your life, I'm talking to you. But I want to make sure that you get into the promised land at least and further. So the folks that were in captivity in Egypt, people of Israel, the nation of Israel, they were in captivity and they made it out. Remember the plagues took about couple of months maybe. The Bible talks about nine days for this and seven days for that. But they got out, they got across the Red Sea, and they're in the desert. And they want to know what's on the menu. Didn't take them long. In Exodus 16, 2 and 3, it says this. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron, the two leaders that were getting them out of there. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat. We ate food all we wanted. But you have brought us out here into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Isn't it funny how we only think about the things that we want? You know, you can miss a move of God by looking inside instead of outside. And so here's... Here's what the Lord said about it in Exodus 16. The Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you'll eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. And then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. And that very evening, quail came and covered the camp. You ever had quail? Oh. Quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. And when the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. It was manna. And one of the translations of manna is, what is it? So Moses said to them, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. For everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. Now, in case you're not up on your omers, an omer is about 
four or five pounds. And they took that for everybody in their tent. We talked about a tent last week. What's hidden in your tent? And they gave them just enough so that they could eat it and then move. They didn't have to carry it with them. They didn't have to take it with them. You see, God provided for them every day and every night. And you would sure think that that would be enough. But no. And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you brought us out here out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? I guess water wasn't on the menu. But see, anything that you need, God has got for you. And he's got it in abundance. Quail and manna every day. But what do we drink with it? Yep. And the Lord said to Moses, go before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take your hand and your rod, which you struck the river, and go. And behold, I'll stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you'll strike the rock, and water will come out of it that the people may drink. If you've ever been in the mountains, if you've ever done any hiking, you know that there are, there is water in the rocks. Uh, up along the Appalachian Trail, they would hammer a pipe in a crevice in the rock. And the water would flow out. Now, I don't know how it does that, but I've gotten a lot of water out of those pipes. You have to filter it or else something will happen. But you filter it. And so Moses now had them taken care of. They got their diet. What's on the menu for them right now is manna, quail, and water for 40 years. That's what they had. And they had it for 40 years because they didn't quite get it right the first time going to the promised land. But here's what God had to promise for them. As they're wondering, it's in the Word. It's in the first five books. It's in the Torah. It's in the Pentateuch. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12, it says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, He swore to your fathers. I want to stop there for a minute and let you know. He has sworn land to our fathers for us. It's the promised land and beyond. He's not just satisfied, and he doesn't want us just satisfied with just getting by. Listen to what he says. <clears throat> a land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you didn't build. Houses filled with all kind of good things you didn't provide. Wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you didn't plant. And then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. If you've been enslaved by anything on this earth, if you've been enslaved by substances, by hate, by relationships, if you've been enslaved by parents or lack of parents, if you've been enslaved by lack of money, I want you to know that God's got 
towns and cities for you that you didn't build. He's got grapes and orchards for you that you didn't plant. He's got them for us. You see, being in the promised land is one thing. Living a promised land life is another. You can be in the promised land and not live a promised land life. You can be amongst the grapes and the pomegranates. You can be amongst the plenty. You can be amongst all that. And you can't open your eyes to see it. What God has to speak to you in the spirit. You see, it's not just physical what's on the menu. What's on the menu is well beyond what is physical. Now, I want you to know that the nation of Israel sent the spies into the promised land. And in Numbers, it talks about they came to the valley of Eshol, Eshkol. And there they cut down a branch with a cluster of grapes. It was a branch with a cluster of grapes that they carried between two men on a pole. They also bought some of the pomegranates and figs. And the place was called the Valley of Eshkol because of the cluster. Eshkol means cluster, which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. That is for us. What's on the menu now is some physical food. And when they came back, they said, they told him, we went to the land where you sent us. The spy said this, it truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit as they held up the fruit of the land. I want you to know God has got exceeding an abundance that he wants us to have. Physical. Nevertheless, in verse 28, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. If you're going to go into your promised land, And if you're going to eat of the fruit of the land, and it's a land that flows with milk and honey, don't you think for one second that there aren't going to be people there that want to scare you away from it? There's people there that don't want you to go in there. And they want to roar and be big and intimidate you. And I'm going to tell you one other thing. If you're going to fight the big things in your life. I'm not talking about people now. If you're going to confront the big things in your life, you're going to need big food. You're going to need a lot. You're going to need milk and honey that you can't provide. You're going to need houses and places to shelter that you didn't build. You're going to have to go in and take that stuff. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land when they had spied it out. The land through which they had gone, the spies, is a land that devours its inhabitants. That's what they're saying. The spies are saying, man, they're going to devour us. And all the people who we saw in it are men of great stature. There they saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. I dare say, 
that everyone in this room has faced maybe not a physical giant, but faced an emotional giant, a spiritual giant. I dare say that we've faced things that looked bigger than us, that may have at one time or another consumed us and how we think and how we live. You see, when you get closer to God, your menu changes. The landscape changes. The challenges change. But God has not changed. God wants us in an abundant life. He says that He comes that we may have life. And He doesn't stop there. That we would have life in abundance. Do you want an abundant life? Yeah. If you do, you're going to need a different food to face different challenges. Ironman Triathlon. It's a 2.4 mile swim. It's a 112 mile bike ride. And it's a 26.2 mile run. If you're going to be in an Ironman Triathlon which I haven't. Your daughter has. And there's a person in the sound booth that has. You've got to have different food. You've got to eat a different way. You've got to approach it a different way. You have to look at it a different way. And you've got to perform a different way. Because I guarantee that anybody that's been in an Ironman triathlon or even watched them, and I've watched a few, I've worked a few. The people are phenomenal. And all you can look at is, he's going to beat me, she's going to beat me, they're going to beat me. To face the giants in the promised land, let me tell you what you're going to need. A big cluster of grapes. You're going to need a big cluster of grapes to face the giants in your promised land. God says this. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you'll call on me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll see me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And willing to bring you back from captivity. Yeah. You see, people did cross the Jordan, and they entered the promised land. And when you enter your promised land, there's going to be some challenges. People are going to say, I remember you when you were on the other side of the river. I remember how you acted on the other side of the river. And now all of a sudden, you're over here. I remember who you hung out with when you were on the other side of the river. You don't hang out with them anymore? Now, the children of Israel 
had crossed, and they camped at Gilgal. It's a town a couple of miles away from this big city named Jericho that they conquer. And they're camping in this place called Gilgal. And it says they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. It's the second time since they left the promised land that they've had Passover. They celebrated Passover in the promised land when the death angel came over and they left. And they celebrated Passover at Mount Horeb one time. This is the first time. Second time of the Exodus, the first time in the new land. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after Passover. Unleavened bread, parched grain, that very same day. And verse 12. And the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna. But they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. You see, when you get into where God wants you to be, He's, he's going to change the menu on you. You, you have to eat different food in order to make it. You, you can't eat crackers and peanut butter back here to get you through on a Friday or Saturday night and expect it to work every night. Because you've crossed over now. And God says, I've got this for you to eat now. Don't look back there. Leave that alone. That doesn't have you anymore. I've got a new food for you, and I'm going to stop what I gave you back here. But I'm going to give you something different over here. I'm going to get you into the promised land and give you something different. You see, the time of eating milk from a bottle, and and even some of you remember this. Kids wouldn't sleep all night, and you'd slip a little green peas into their milk and stir it up. Make it a little thicker. And they couldn't get it through the nipple, so you'd cut the end of the nipple off. Yeah, I'm taking that as an amen. You see, God's got a different food for you. He's got a different way for you. Galatians 4.3 says, When we were children, we were held in bondage to the elemental things of the world. That means when we were young in Christ, we thought like a young person. We acted like a young person. We believed like a young person. But no. You see, if you're eating the same old stuff, and this is the bottom line, if you're eating the same old stuff, you'll get the same old results. Are you ready to eat? See, the old food doesn't taste the same. I can remember some of the places that I had gone to over and over. Part of it was my job. The other part was not. But now the music is so loud I can't stand it. I'm not saying where I went. But the music's so loud, it is not church. The smell was so tough. It was tough getting out of the door and getting to your truck without rubbing elbows with somebody you didn't like. Man. You see, you, 
get to where you maybe don't want to do what you used to do when you get into the promised land. You want to have that one foot back over here and tip it back over. But it's just not going to work for you because God's got you out of captivity. He's got a new place for you. You get too tired, not in a physical, chronological age, but maybe in a spiritual age, to go out at 11 o'clock. Like that's when you start your night. Maybe if you're really ambitious, you'd start it at 9. But I know a lot of folks didn't start it till 10 or 11. The jokes, they aren't as funny anymore. That they don't seem to bounce like they used to. See, that's God working in your life. That's God getting you off this old diet, off this old menu. He's got a new menu for you. And it's His Word. The Logos, this Word, the written Word. It's His revealed Word. The Rhema Word that He wants to give you all the time. You see, the Promised Land's menu... It's nothing compared to the promised ones menu. You can get into the promised land and have that menu, but the next level is getting into the promised ones menu. He said, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate of the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes now from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Man, if you're in the promised land, it's the first step to get to eat the menu of the promised one, the bread of life goes further to say this in Hebrews 5. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Amen. You're out of captivity. You're in the promised land. God's got you there. He's got a diet for you, a menu for you. You get with the promised one. He's got a diet for you. And he wants you to distinguish good from evil. God does not want you to go back. He doesn't want you to fail. He doesn't want you to end. So what's on the menu? I'll tell you. If you do not know personally... Jesus Christ. He's on the menu. He's at the top. He wants not to be the appetizer. He wants to be the main course for your life. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, He wants to be your bread of life. He wants to be not only your promised land, but you're promised one. All you've got to do is just pray a simple prayer. Dear Lord, I want you in my life. 
you know and I know what I was, God. I want you in my life. Please come in. If you are a Christian and you struggle, as Pastor Ramona talked about this morning, struggling with things, he wants you to be set free. The people that are going to say, you don't belong there, I know the real you. You see, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, the real you has changed. It's a new you. You are worthy. So if that's you today, as we're here, all you've got to say is, okay, God, I, I know I haven't figured it out, and I still struggle, but I want you to be the bread of life for me. Make that commitment today if you struggle. Dear God, I thank you today. That just a simple word from you. Father, you stopped the manna. For those that have gotten into the promised land, you've got abundance. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for those that have acknowledged you, have given their life to you. Encourage them, Lord. Pump them up. Fill them. I declare that in the name of Jesus Christ over you today. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Now, if you need prayer, we've got some folks that will be up front. If not, God bless you. You're dismissed. I love you. If you are not getting prayer, please move to the back and leave the altar open for those who need prayer. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Yes.